Women are conditioned to always believe that there is a, a lesser than um, with their male counterparts in the family or work-wise. Mm. Um, and then, of course, this uh, <laughs> relentless imposter syndrome that all of us have. I mean, a mind keeps visiting me quite often. So um, that's very rampant as well. Uh, fear of failure. You don't realize that failure is a very big aspect of entrepreneurship. When you get in, you have to realize that, you know, a lot of things are not going to work. Hello and welcome to the Success with Savita podcast, where we share hot tips on how to do life and business without losing your mind. I'm your host, Savita Nanjapa, entrepreneur, high-achieving 9-to-5-er turned transformational success coach, helping you create a wildly successful business. Come hang out with me and other fabulous humans like you every week for stories and chats packed with a healthy dose of tips, resources, how-tos and real talk. Side effects may include a happier and more confident you with each passing day. Hi and welcome to the Women Making an Impact series and today joining me on this uh, episode is my guest who's also a dear friend Sneha Mohan who's the founder of Gwen. Gwen stands for Global Women's Entrepreneurship Network. And um, while I feel like I know, I've known my guests for a while and we're good friends, I still feel there's so many parts of her journey about her work, her challenges that I don't know enough about. So I'm very excited to have this conversation, Sneha. Thank you for giving me your time, being so generous with your time. And I'm grateful and I'm honored to have you over here. Uh, thank you so much for choosing to join me. Thank you so much, Savita, for having me. And first of all, it's so lovely to see you. Um, it's been ages, isn't it? I think we yeah. have not talked, uh, um, at least not on video for more than a year now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the pandemic, this is the pandemic effect. But I'm sure we would have met if not. I know, really. And when things were starting to look better, we were planning to meet and yeah. Yeah, I know. But I'm so happy to see you here. Yes, I'm really excited to do this. Thank you. So let's get right off the bat. I want to dive right in into your journey and what made you start. Like what's been the catalyst to starting Gwen? Oh gosh, um, it really was um, getting into entrepreneurship myself. Mm. Um, although I started my career as a corporate trainer, I moved from that into um, writing jobs because um, from the time I was 16, all I wanted to do was, you know, write. I wanted to be an author and uh, teach writing. Mm -hmm. um, so with that thought in mind, um, and, you know, without getting too much guidance at the beginning of my career, I just took what came my way. Whatever somebody believed who believed in me said, you know, you would be a great fit for this. So I was referred to this job and that's how I started at, as a corporate trainer. And then I moved into content writing because again, that love for writing, right? So um, I thought that this would help satisfy that. But then when I got in, I realized it's a completely different cup of tea and it's not really for me. And a few years in, I really started getting tired of the uh, corporate scene. Mm. And I thought, you know, I really need to go and write that book now. Um, and by then I was married. So I discussed it with my husband and we decided that it's okay for me to uh, quit um, from a financial standpoint. Um, and so I quit. But uh, what didn't register at that point um, was that I'm not going to get um, that paycheck. And after having enjoyed financial freedom for so long, mm -hmm. um, it just wasn't an easy feeling. 
Yeah. Um, and, you know, and ironically enough, I went back into content writing as a freelancer just so that I could still have a source of income. And then with that, um, I started getting so much work uh, coming my way, more than I could manage. Um, so I uh, started outsourcing it to other freelancers who I knew. And then slowly that became a team. And then that became a company. Um, and I built a website. Okay. And through that website is where, you know, I got all my uh, business from. So that was my main marketing tool. And this is back in 2007. So I was working from home. My team's working from home. My clients are all international. There was no human interaction, so to say. So in two years down the line, I started feeling this loneliness, you know, because I didn't have friends who were entrepreneurs and, you know, nobody I could sound off these challenges with or to go and grab some lunch or coffee during the week. None of those things. So um, I started looking for uh, communities or events for entrepreneurs around the city um, and, uh, and for women. Um, there was nothing. So I thought, okay, why don't I uh, create something? Because I'd already been bitten by the entrepreneurial bug by then. I thought, you know, I, why don't I start something on my own? And that's how I started Gwen. This was in 2009. I designed the logo, uh, created a Facebook page, and that was it. Um, I didn't know where to take it from there. You know, the path wasn't clear. All I knew is that I wanted community and I felt like other women entrepreneurs would need it too. Um, and, um, you know, I definitely wanted to share the confidence that I gained from entrepreneurship because I started doing so many things that I never thought I would be capable of doing. Um, and having grown up with uh, low self-esteem, it really changed my life. So I wanted yeah. to share it with other women, you know. And it's not until um, 2017, um, after I became a mother twice over, that I realized, yeah. sorry? No, go ahead. <laughs> okay, so um, after I became a mother twice over, that I realized that, uh, again, I was feeling a loneliness. It's a different type of loneliness. As a, as a young mother and not having community again. And um, I was living in an independent house, so it wasn't a gated community. So, you know, yeah. you, again, that sense of community was missing. Um, so that's when Gwen really took on a life of its own and has been shaping its destiny ever since. Um, and I started at the grassroots level. And then I moved on to um, having networking events with uh, women in the city. Um, and then, you know, education, and uh, now we have an online school, and that's where I'm at now. Okay, awesome. I have had the experience, of course, of uh, being part of uh, Gwen, having worked with you, yeah. having been able to collaborate with you. And I see you're so deeply passionate about this. What I didn't know was you started way beyond, like back before we all were working online or virtually, that's for your business. And also with Gwen, you started in 2009. That's amazing. I mean, when nobody, I mean, there were very few communities. Today, the world is different, of course. But uh, I mean, congratulations on starting this. It's, I think it's a great initiative. So moving on, you have been someone who's worked with grassroots women, right? Like you have worked yeah. with small business owners, underprivileged women, uh, rural communities. What, according to you, are some of the challenges that they face is it different the reason i ask this question is is it different from what maybe 
um, we all may face like in urban areas or you know people at a different level in metro space is it different or is it the same um see so these were women who are living in bangalore city but in the villages within bangalore city right um right. so um they are uh, exposed to urban life but yeah they don't have the same sort of um privileges that we have in terms of uh, education yes. and yes. um you know exposure to um uh, tools or mentors or whatever it is right and um they're also subject to um the uh, you know the patriarchal rules within their household like the uh, yeah. one of the women who i had slated as you know going to take over from me to supervise the rest mm-hmm. of them to teach them and take over yeah the entire um, uh, running of that uh, unit so to say although it was just four women um she uh, had to uh, you know quit because her husband decided that he's going to bring in his aging parents to live with them so naturally she had to start playing a nurse and cook for them and all of that and she already had four children of her own so okay. you know challenging it's very challenging and so from for me one of the biggest challenges was uh, monetizing that entire effort not that it was uh, difficult to um, scale and you know it was very clear what we could do but i didn't have um, the uh, time or the funds because my children were still uh, so small and i've been very particular that i wanted to be a hands on mother so i've never had any help for them um so that's i think that's one of the reasons why i had to um you know give up on that otherwise we could have scaled we could have employed more women you know taken up a actual working space um and uh, trained them more upskill them um through with other so- sorts of crafts right so yeah. what i hear you saying is uh, exposure tools mentoring resources these are some of the challenges that they face which it doesn't really matter in, in all geographies but i would think yeah i mean even if you're in a small town or even if you're on the uh, smaller uh, areas outside of bangalore and i think people within inside bangalore also struggle with taking off from there what are some challenges that you have seen in helping business owners i know you shared a little bit about not having the funds having your children uh, being very young uh, but what are some of the challenges that you've seen when they have to go to market uh, they've got the product they they like you know you hear about people doing textiles beautiful embroidery but what do they struggle with when they go to market like how are they able to take it to market and where do they get stuck um so definitely uh, you know in terms of uh, scaling so starting is very easy the idea is so easy so most of them um find it difficult when it comes to ex- execution i mean you know that best right um yeah but so yeah while funds are one aspect of it uh, mentoring is another big aspect you know they don't get the right guidance um they don't know where to go from there they may be really good um doers as in you know crafts people or um really good at what their uh, core skills are but may not know to market themselves yeah. I and mean, that's a very common um, um aspect of it but you know i in my in my experience in these past 3 uh, 4 years i would say um is mental health because i really think that's the foundation for everything because imagine if you get uh, funds and the right kind of mentoring and everything but your mindset is not there what are you going to do with any of that mm. 
right um so that's um, i think because you know we're conditioned women are conditioned to always believe that there is a, a lesser than um with their male counterparts in the family or work wise mm. um and then of course this uh, <laughs> relentless imposter syndrome that all of us have i mean a mind keeps visiting me quite often so um that's very rampant as well uh fear of failure one realize that failure is a very big aspect of entrepreneurship when you get in you have to realize that you know a lot of things are not going to work like what you hear so far make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now stay tuned as we take a quick break and we'll see you on the other side of the show yeah yeah uh, i think women already come with a perfection syndrome and always feeling like not enough and then when they start the business if they are not able to anticipate that there is going to be failure um then yes you're right but it's a very interesting take that you say for women who are in small businesses or a big business the foundation is mental uh the mindset the mental yeah. health part of it it's very interesting what you say that's one i've not heard i would have thought funds um mentoring uh, the right uh, platform but it's very interesting to so right uh moving on from that um you know how do you manage i know a little bit of what you shared of course but how do you find managing motherhood and work because you have two small children i have a little one not so little now she's of course eight i struggle every day but how do you manage with can you share with the audience oh gosh um, so motherhood is a lot like uh, entrepreneurship right i mean by the time you feel you figured out a phase um you've outgrown that and you need to you need to jump into the middle of the ocean again and figure out everything from scratch um yeah and then of course um you have to keep looking at the greater good and not just your interest little to no uh, reward or recognition so it's so much like entrepreneurship um but uh, you know i'm like a, a army general when it comes to daily routine um okay. from the time both my children were 3 months old i have had set a daily routine for them for uh, meal times bath time nap time bed time everything so they follow that to the t now they're 8 and 5 um so my older one keeps uh, everybody in check including me if i don't go by that <laughs> so uh, okay. so that's what keeps my day predictable to a large extent um and now with the pandemic with them being at home all the time um and you know they're in an alternate uh, system of education so they don't even have online classes or anything the younger ones in kindergarten so he doesn't have that the older one needs to be taught through um, a kit that the school sends okay. so it's a lot more work on you know for us parents um oh having said that uh, my husband's a very uh, involved father so that's immensely helpful um so yeah so it's a it's a balance and now they've understood that when i'm sitting at my laptop that it really means that i'm at work they've understood that over the course of the last one year but when they were smaller i used to work when you know only either when they're in school or um once they've gone to bed um, which used to be you know, i like the army general uh <laughs> approach i try to stay as much as possible to a routine otherwise i can't survive but you know when i was putting down this question what came up as i was putting down this question i'm like you know i'm going to talk to sneha i'm asking her how are you managing motherhood you know 
I don't even want to ask her this question because we never ask a guy this. So then I was like, yeah. I'm going to ask her this question, but I'm also going to ask every man that I interview this question. See, how do you manage fatherhood and work? Because we never seem to ask yeah. a guy this. I know, really. And I think in today's world, that's very, it's a relevant question because I think the fathers are equally involved today too. And yeah. now with the pandemic, they have no choice, right? They're there, they're seeing everything that's happening. Um, so they have no choice. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I have decided that I would keep this question, but I'm going to ask the guys as well. Yeah, uh, just right. So there's <laughs> equity in my questions and why are we always only asking the women, how do you manage, right? That's got to change. So then uh, I think, I know that you are very organized, but what is your favorite productivity hack? Yeah, uh, so being organized, I love uh, Evernote, the app. Um, so, you know, for me, when I get an idea um, mm. I'm one of those who likes to do something immediately about it and of course uh, with everything that's going on and with the children needing so much attention that's not possible so I either you know I write it down in Evernote because it just syncs with my laptop as well yeah I've been using that for years now I mean easily 10 years yeah. um, and of course recently the whatsapp uh, voice notes uh, are really handy yeah. Okay. Right. I'm gonna keep that in mind. Yeah. Even I found voice notes, voice memos handy. Um, yeah. Also, when you you're in a rush and maybe you know doing something with one hand, either yeah. putting a meal together or a sandwich or whatever, you can quickly you know share information with the team and yeah. Okay. Okay. Thank you for that. And so a day in your life, I know you shared already. I, I don't, I think I already know a day in your life <laughs> with the pandemic, but please share with us if it's any different from your day-to-day -day online schooling and. Yeah. So uh, I'm not a morning person. I'm the last one to wake up in the house. Um, and my husband mostly does uh, breakfast for the kids. So by the time I'm up there, uh, done with breakfast so I try to get in a quiet cup of tea um, mm. and get them to start their days um, they have a routine with you know making their beds and getting in for their baths and all of that mm. and once that's over then you know it's all about um, so I don't have breakfast so I go straight into household chores and cooking and again everything is uh, list based <laughs> so I have like a plan for every day in the week whether mm. it is laundry or meals and, and Sunday is my prep day so, um, you know, in terms of meals, if there's chopping or if there's anything to be uh, prepped and frozen, the freezer's become my best friend over the pandemic because the children need to be fed every half an hour. <laughs> Two okay. boys who are all the time hungry. Um, I think it's, you know, boredom converting to hunger. Um, but mm. yeah, I give in. Um, so, yeah, so that's the way it's been going. And then the children always have had a, a, an early bedtime. So they used to sleep by seven. Now, of course, it's been pushed to about eight. Um, so all of us have dinner by seven and then it's bedtime for them. It's either a song or a story time and they're in bed. And then I sit down with, again, work or reading or um, if it's a weekend, then it's a movie or something like that. Okay. Okay, awesome. I know that you're super organized, but I like hearing about the lists. I... <laughs> Uh, I try to be very, very organized. That's the only way for me I can survive. But I always love to hear about everybody else's day, the productivity tools are like, yeah, I should apply that. I should do this. And I'm a big list keeper. So oh. I resonate with you on that. Um, according to you, okay, and I have to ask this question, according to you, what is an important value an entrepreneur should have in today's world? 
Um, I definitely think self-discipline because that's something I'm grappling with uh, on a daily basis. Um, like I said, I'm not a morning person. So having a morning ritual, especially as a parent and an entrepreneur, I think is so important. And then that just sets the tone for the rest of your day, right? So I definitely think self-discipline because again, you need so much energy um, yeah. as a parent and an entrepreneur. So yeah, if you can get your fitness and your food and everything right, um, have you know everything at the same time every day yeah that sort of discipline <laughs> so self-discipline is an important value for entrepreneurs okay a mantra that you live by um, so it's a saying by uh, Aung San Suki the Burmese politician uh, if you're feeling helpless help someone um, I read it uh, I think for, for the first time in um, 2018 mm. And ever since it's been, um, you know, it, it felt like as though she was talking to me and uh, it has been my WhatsApp status message for the longest time. Um, and that feeling, you know, that you have, you know what that's like, right? When you um, help somebody, it's, uh, that feeling is um, incomparable, yeah. Yeah, I know. You yeah. can never get the satisfaction, right? Of that. Yeah, because instead of dwelling on, um, you know, your own problems and why things are not working for you uh, or playing the victim, it just makes, um, yeah, it's just uh, a win-win. <laughs> okay. So as we come to the end of the interview, before I let you go, there's one other question. What's next for Gwen? Um, and how can people like, connect with you and, you know, be a part of the Gwen programs? What's coming up? What's next? Um, so like I said, we launched an online school um, last year, but things have gained momentum now. Mm-hmm. Um, Everything is going to be online. So it's going to be pre-recorded uh, classes that, uh, you know, women can buy and learn at their own pace because it really is challenging um, in these times, especially to expect them to be uh, to sit down at a given time and date. So this works uh, better, I thought. And we're going to focus on um, entrepreneurship skills, uh, personal development skills, and also some um, upskilling sort of thing where they can learn a new skill for those women, you know, who've um, probably uh, given up their careers to become stay-at-home mothers or whatever reason they've taken a break for or just looking to uh, create that pivot in their careers um, so if you learn a new skill and you want to have a handmade business or you know anything for that matter or even serious hobbies yeah um, so that's the one thing the uh, online school and of course uh, we are showcasing um, um, entrepreneurs amazing women entrepreneurs uh, like yourself and uh, yeah so so that you know it, it's inspirational and women get to know that this is it's something you can do with everything else that's going on in your life um, as long as you have the right support um, so it's that community so we're building community um, and education um, and yeah I mean we can be found on Instagram yeah and we have uh, our own website too um, so yeah I'm going to share that with the, uh, when I'm sharing this interview, I'm going to share the links, social links. Yeah, thank you. And finally, one last thing before I go, I may be putting you on the spot here. One last piece of advice to women entrepreneurs out there. Oh gosh, um, just take the plunge. Um, don't think about it too much. Overthinking is, um, is really uh, the last thing you should do. Um, and don't wait for anybody's permission do yeah. what you think is right go with the feeling 
yeah, yeah, that's great advice. I love the last one. Yes, everybody's <laughs> always waiting for permission and overthinking is a big problem and we must talk about it. But Sneha, thank you so much. This was lovely chatting with you. And you know what I didn't know was that you started this in 2009, even though I know you so well. I didn't know that. Uh, so good to know all, everything that you've shared with us. Thank yeah. you for your time. And um, yeah, I'll see you soon. And uh, keep doing this great work. Uh, the world needs uh, more entrepreneurs, more female entrepreneurs. So we need Gwen, of course. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you like this episode and you want more, you can go to the show notes on my website, which is successwithsavita.com forward slash podcast. If you like what you've heard so far, I would be grateful to you if you could leave me a five-star review, subscribe to this podcast and share with a friend who may find this useful. You can also follow me on my Instagram at successwithsavita and DM me any questions you may have and I will be happy to answer them for you. Until the next episode, believe in yourself and all the best to your success.